0: Welcome to Sex and Happiness with Lori Handlers. Amazing sex and intimacy are just around the corner. While Lori puts the finishing touches on her new book, Sex and Happiness Over 60, please enjoy this show. It's one of her favorites from the Sex and Happiness archives.
1: My question today for you is, are you kinky? What is it to be kinky? Is sexual kink or role-playing or fetishism Are these things perverted, or is it really holy? Is it some kind of spiritual endeavor, a form of worship to have yourself following your passion, following your desire? My guest today knows something about this subject, actually. He knows a lot about this subject. My guest is Lee Harrington. He's a passionate spiritual and erotic educator. He's gender radical. Of course, we're going to find out what that means. He's an eclectic artist and a published author, an editor on human sexuality and the spiritual experience. Lee spends a lot of his time traveling around the world teaching and talking about sexuality, psychology, faith, and desire. He's been doing it since 1995. And also says in his bio that he's been a brainy academic and a female adult film performer. So we'll have to ask about that, too, because he's a he, but he says he's a female adult film performer, so this is all interesting stuff, interesting grist for our mill today. It's an absolute delight to be with you. Thank you. It's uh, It's been a long time coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Things always come when they're supposed to, I find. The number of times I've met people in my life after I have passed by their way five or six times, we just weren't ready just yet.
1: Right, so. right. Well, here we are at last, and I am so interested to hear... About King. I mean, listen. I'm just gonna say, in my life, I I feel like I I'm kind of straight in terms of, I mean, I'm a tantra goddess and I do all kinds of things in in, that have to do with sexual practice and sexual ritual that have really opened me up and changed my whole persona. But think, you know, you I looked at videos of you on your website. I I listened to some lectures. What is it tell tell us what it is so people know so people know if they're kinky or not, and then I know you have a whole spin on it that is like different from whatever we've perceived it to be, so that's what I'm interested to hear about.
0: All right, fantastic well, well kink is a really interesting catch all term that's evolved in the last ten years uh, within alternative sexual and sexual practice and exploration. To include everything from BDSM, which is bondage, discipline, domination, submission, sadism, masochism, slavery, and erotic mastery. Um, To also include fetishism, erotic dress-up play, role-playing in the bedroom, voyeurism, exhibitionism, and in general, exploring our sexual senses outside what is often perceived of as vanilla or day-to-day sexuality as approved by the you know average person on the street in mainstream America? Right? so you've
1: named, you've just named a lot of things
0: and, absolutely. and and a lot of people would actually also include and it's really tricky, would include. Tantra and spiritual practices in sexuality is also a normal another form of kinky sex. Anything that has a kink to it, a bend to it, that is not the classic straight and narrow path.
1: Well, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been the straight and narrow path, but when you say all those things, which you know, I, I'm, I've dabbled in a few of them, uh, had a few experiences in, in some of them, and Certainly fantasize about many of them, as I'm sure most people do, they just may not bring it to the surface they may they may not play it out, they may just watch it right. you know on the internet or something,
0: and absolutely. Um, well, actually, even uh, Dr. Ruth did a, uh, sorry, it was actually Ann Landers, excuse me, I hate to misquote. Ann Landers did a informal uh, survey of her readers 15 years ago, right, 1995, and found that over 10% of the Ann Landers readership in 95 had experimented with erotic restraint in some form. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot, right? And this in 1995, is a way, like, that's a lot. Exactly, which tells me, and the amount of stuff that we see on HBO, Showtime, and even, you know, CSI and mainstream media of different sorts, the things that are in the newspaper tell us that and, and show us that the perception that so much of the community and so much of the world um, says, oh, well, all we have is missionary style sex with the lights off and no emotional connection is not true. Is not true. And this thing, uh, the reason that the the word kink has evolved is because BDSM sounds scary, right? A lot of people think whips and chains and distant mistresses who will never talk to crawling evil little slave boys or whatever. (laughs) And the reality is that's not what a bulk of people who are actually engaging in these practices do. So to keep on evoking that archetype is not as valuable as it used to be. That's not to say people aren't still engaging in those ways. They absolutely are. The varieties of human sexual practice, as you well know, are so amazingly vast, are so yeah. amazingly yeah. beautiful.
1: Well, you know, I had uh, one of my guests, I, I, can't, I can't think of her name now, so I'm just uh, not going to – Oh Gloria Brahm, that's who it was. She hmm. she brings. I in love her Gloria's blog, work. Yeah, in her blog, she brings up all these like ancient pictures, oh and yeah, of people in bondage or people doing role playing of slavery, but not slavery like slavery, more like sexual bondage that you know, and sexual slavery. As pl- she finds these things from the eighteen hundreds and the 1700s and she finds them they on go back
0: much further right wow. these how, things go the, like the erotic role playing if we yeah. expand that out to include uh Horsing, which is a term from Vudan practitioners of the idea of drawing down the gods or spirits into our flesh and having them walk around in our bodies. If we look at um, Druidism and and Wicca and forms of ceremonial magic across uh, Europe and and the Isles, we have notions of investing in and having uh, the shadow of the goddess ride upon our flesh. We look at classical Tantra and the idea of Shiva and Shakti riding within our bodies and us making manifest on this plane, worship in the form of becoming as gods. These things go back thousands of years.
1: I I agree. I mean, I I, I know this. So, so how does it become, so how does something so beautiful, as it were, become mm-hmm. thought of to be this, Left-hand, like they call Tantra the left-hand path, this left-handed forbidden. I mean, when I think of BDSM, I don't think of bondage and domination with the gods and goddesses, but maybe you have a different spin on this. You know, I know that I've, you know, I've seen, I've thought of kinky as really anything other than straight sexual practice, which is how you just defined it, Uh yeah, so I've thought of myself as kinky. It's just that when I think of all these things you're talking about, then I think, oh, I'm missing some things here.
0: <laughs> well, something consider, well, something to consider, because you brought up the word left-hand path. And I, I think yeah. for those who aren't familiar with the term, it's important to have a dialogue around that for just a moment, which is that right-hand path, which is most forms of um, Christianity, most forms of monotheism, uh, many forms of classical Hinduism, uh, uh, is is where the where will where what happens in the universe flows from a divine source somewhere else in the universe into us and into those of us working on this earthly level of this plane, oftentimes seen from a higher source flowing down onto this planet. Right. Okay. The classical right hand path magical working is Christian mysticism where it is channeling God's will into the plane here. Right. Left hand path working, clinically and classically speaking, is the notion of us working on this plane can be acting as gods ourselves, that we are shards of the divine and that what we do affects the universe at large.
1: I like it.
0: In tantra practices, it's considered a left-hand path because by using sex magic, intoxicants, um, eating of of meat, purposeful and conscious, intentional working, as gods, we literally remake the world in our image. We change reality by doing stuff on this plane. Well, if that's kinky, count me in. (laughs) Well, it's not necessarily kinky. That's left-hand path working. (laughs) <laughs> right, that's left-hand yes. pathway. And the thing is, some kink, some sacred kink, which is my terminology that I use for it, there is kink that is profane. Don't get me wrong. Just like there is sex that is profane, junk food sex, as I like to think of it. Right. I love that. That's, I love that. That's, you, you know so that. Great sex, that you yeah, that sex that we have. That's just it's a Twinkie, right? <laughs> it's Twinkie sex. We're hungry, we pop it in our mouth, we enjoy it, and maybe our, li- our waistline regrets it three days later. <laughs> right? It's junk food sex. And I think there's junk food kink, right? People who happily engage in eating some deep fat fried Oreo bondage, right? <laughs> like, and you know what? It's good and it's just depraved and fun and enjoyable or dirty and nasty for that 5 minutes or that 2 hours of engaging in profane practices it's that thing that we whisper about and talk about and go oh i shouldn't have gone there but oh oh i'm going to jerk off to that afterwards <laughs> that that's thing that's great it's it's, all- so it's
1: like that it's just like no it's just like breaking a diet i shouldn't have eaten that pizza but <laughs> I wanted that pizza at that moment, so you're you're making it um funny and fun in a
0: certain you know in, in a certain kinky Lee. <laughs> that's exactly it, and I think we all do this in our lives. How many of us, not sexually related, wander around going, "Oh well, I'm just going to do stuff, and I'll think about it later?" How many of us in our food practices just go, well, I'm going to eat whatever comes in front of me. I'm having to work nine to five jobs right now or a nine to ten job right now. And I'm just going to eat food down at at McDonald's. I'm going to eat whatever comes along. And I'll think about it later when I have, quote, more time. I'll think about my relationships, my romantic relationships when I have more time. I'll just stumble through it for now. To me, all of these things are profane because the act of eating didn't used to just be eating. It used to be about meals and coming time in a sacred context and a sacred contract of connecting with our loved ones, of feeding our soul, not just our body. Right. right. And to me, sex and kink fit in the same con religion fits in the same conversation as well, how many of us i've certainly been one of them have turned into junk food spiritual practitioners <laughs> you're too
1: much it's It's great.
0: Where are we going with this <laughs> well my thought so I realized cuz I've been doing what I would consider kinky sex, engaging in bondage and BDSM and erotic role playing, and I've been doing this stuff for about 15 years now. A little bit before that in some of my private and personal practices, but 15 years in a really a, a, really, a really aware way of enjoying it and having fun with it. And about 3 years into my practices of enjoying kinky sex, I went, you know what? I miss connection. I miss people really being heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit, soul-to-soul. I've been a tantric practitioner. I've spent time as a priestess and as a priest. I currently work as a shaman dedicated to bear, uh, Mama Bear, uh, the Neolithic deity that is the doorway opener and the gateway opener uh, and a remover of obstacles for large parts of the world. Uh, she's uh, in, in a very similar fa- flavor in Hinduism to Ganesh, uh, to but a little bit more violent. Um, If if Ganesh and and Shiva teamed up, that's what we're talking. And that's (laughs) who I work for on a spiritual plane. And I realized that I was being really acute and aware in my relationship practices, in my spiritual practices, but I wasn't bringing it to my sexuality. And we are complex ecosystems all of the things that we do interrelate with each other when it comes to fulfilling our dharma and fulfilling our our place and our role on this planet. And I realized that I wasn't being authentic with my sexual practices, that I loved the activities, but I wasn't bringing heart to it. I wasn't bringing spirit to it. And I am a spiritual and heart-filled person. So why am I not doing this? And I was having similar realizations around my academic work and around my professional work in my my day-to-day work life. And so I started asking myself questions around, well, what does it take to be authentic? What does it take to be integrated? What does it take to be complex and whole, with a W, right, as compared to having a whole in my being? (laughs) Got it. So So what does it take? What did it take you? Well, what it took me is looking at these sexual practices and going, okay, well, what, uh, what am I doing? What's really going on here? And I started becoming fascinated by what you were talking about earlier with Gloria Bram's work of becoming fascinated with the historical practices ingrained in these things that we were doing blindly in the kink community. And going, wow. Flogging and fustigation, for example, the act of rhythmic beating upon our flesh, has been being used as a transcendental tool for thousands of years. That there is a reason that in Catholic practices, monks and nuns do flagellation as a form of sacrifice to God, as a way to atone for their sins. Because atonement is not about punishment. Atonement is about wiping our soul clean so that we are able to enter into God's light with a clear conscience. So, so let, me bus- the,
1: let me see if I get this straight then. What you are saying is, <clears throat> flogging has been around for centuries. It's used in the Catholic Church as a, as a way for, for the pillars of the Catholic Church to to clean themselves, to cleanse themselves, to be more pure in front of God's eyes. Yes. And and this can be used as sexual practice to be more clean in terms of our own spiritual eyes if we're the ones creating the reality, which is the left-hand path, what you described before. Exactly.
0: Well, Well, but what was interesting to me is that I was seeing people who were, Doing these these practices and having these break these emotional breakdowns and crying and screaming and and releasing their heart through these rhythmic practices, and then afterwards having really nasty sex and oh wasn't that hot and I went whoa hold on a second hold on a second you just wiped your slate clean, and what you're doing is instead of. Instead of cathartically purging your heart and then doing good work, these folks are taking, purging their heart and then just taking all of that gunk and shoving it back in. And I, uh, this could be so much more. This has the potential of letting us clear our heart like we do with, um, like we do in various forms of purposeful breathing work. Right. right, of the fire breath, of building up that energy and then letting it out in a wave. I see people in tantric conferences and, and retreats who become catharsis junkies. Right. right, Right. Who go, oh, my God, build it up, build it up, let it out, cry it all out, let my heart release, and then don't do the day-to-day work at home and come back three months later and say, let's do it all over again. And I see that, too, being a form of profanity, that we have this amazing tool in front of us in the form of flogging that, you know what? If it's going to be junk food, sex, own it, right? Having fun with flogging is fun, right? You can go into this stuff and just have fun with it.
1: And, and you, you, can have a great, you can also have a great orgasm.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Right. And and so to me, I started looking at these ideas as rhythm. Right. We started looking at at flogging and tribal drumming and dancing and fucking to music are all about rhythm. And I started wondering about, well, what other paths are there out there to altered states of consciousness? I see. And and so that's where we started having. I started having this evolution and revolution inside my heart around the idea of, well, what if there's other paths? And I started to realize that there are other paths. There's rhythm. But there's also ordeals, those things where we are pushed to the edge of what we think we can do, and with our eyes wide open, we step over that e- that edge.
1: And that, I mean, what you're t- what you're describing would, would could be seen the same as a peyote ceremony in Native American tradition, Absolutely. ayahuasca ceremony in South American so, tradition, so
0: or I would argue ayahuasca and, and, and the use of chemical substances entering into our body is what I would consider the path of sacred plants. Taking okay. an outside stimuli and physically putting it into our body. Ordeals, rhythm, rituals, breath. Breath is what I consider a lot of the tantra work to be. Asceticism, which is a lot of Buddhism. Yeah, These are what I would consider running software, right? We put in the program. We and we work within the the program that we put into the computer. Path of sacred plants is a little bit different because it's stuff that we put into our body and we're hacking the mainframe. Okay, I understand. I understand. There's no one that does peyote. No one who does peyote who doesn't have something happen. But there's a lot of people who meditate and have nothing happen. Yeah, you're right. Nothing. But I
1: okay. So so then (laughs) let me let me take it a step further then. What about off. people who go to Sundance and they dance, they don't eat anything or drink any water for three days and they dance in the sun. And then they also, some people also have their, they have piercings made onto their arms yeah. uh, and they get attached to trees and things. It, it, th- those are some shamanic paths in the, in, um, in the native ways. What about that? Is this, are you talking about, is this similar to that?
0: Well, it's interesting. Um, hook suspension and hook pulls have been modified in the last 30 years to be also part of of, of the kink practices. And I'd say half to two thirds of people who do in, within the kink community who do that work, who do, and I, re- I refer to the word work on purpose because in parts of the kink community there's this word play, right? We're going to create yeah. a scene, a scenario that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. That we enter into, and during it, we're going to play around. Right. A lot of sacred kink is what I would consider work. It is the work of our heart, the work of our spirit, the work of our soul. And I'd say one-third of people that I meet in the BDSM and kink communities that do hook work are doing hook play. They're having fun with it, they're engaging with their partner, they're having hot orgasms in a sexual, fun, engaging way, but it's not of the spirit, it's not of the heart. But the other two thirds are definitely following that same path of the, of, of being inspired and taking it to a different level, not upwards, not downwards, just sideways, from the inspirations of the Sundance ritual, of the Southern Indian rituals of leaping off of platforms while tethered to ropes. These practices of doing uh, of doing uh, kavadi, which is to bear upon our soul and bear upon our body the feelings of our souls, to carry pots upon our heads, to put hooks into our back and, and pull statues up a hill, right? The statues of our gods. I feel the pain of my god by doing this the people in the Philippines who are literally nailing themselves to crosses as a way to carry upon their hearts the suffering of Christ for 15 minutes so that Christ can be without suffering for 15 minutes. This same thing is done by that two-thirds of people who are doing hook work, whether it is sexual or whether it is a pure spirit or whether it is a blending of the two. I'd say two-thirds of folks that I meet are doing this with consciousness, with intent and to me that's what takes kink from being profane kink to sacred kink is intention and attention bringing awareness to our breath awareness to our sex awareness to our bondage awareness to our heart it's beautiful the way you describe it i mean it really is
1: it's um it it's and i love your distinction between work and play bringing the awareness bringing your intention to it it's uh it's so it's masterful it's masterful the way you're the way you're describing it and it and it can certainly help people who've never heard anything about this or who've only heard something about it and went ill you know like when i heard about hooks i just have to tell you i I still i'm like (laughs) ill i went People would do this, and they would do this at a party, but I, I might actually, after talking about it more, get the stomach to go look at, you know, to go somewhere where people are doing suspension, but I don't, I, oh, I don't. And I'm too- but I've got to say,
0: and, and, and it's interesting, we, we fixate oftentimes about the, when we talk about whether it's spiritual practices or sexual practices, about the big boom is what I think of it as, the, the, the big exciting, oh my God, I can't believe they did that stuff. Right. I, we think yeah. of people who go on three week long silent Buddhist retreats. Right. Or people who are willing to fly to Thailand to sit at a guru's feet for an extended period of time. Or, or um, we, we think of the big dramatic things. Right. Because well, wouldn't I, be either, so I,
1: know, I wouldn't do those either. So, you know,
0: what I'm talking about That's <laughs> You hit it on the nail. That's exactly where I was going to go. Is that I wouldn't do that either. There is no spiritual practice on this planet that appeals to everyone. Right. None. There is no sexual practice on this planet that appeals to everyone. None. Nor should there need to be. We were each crafted as individuals into being exactly what we needed to be to be able to fulfill our place on this planet. And if all of us were identical, it would be impossible to get the work done on this plane that needs done. It wouldn't happen if we were all identical. The work couldn't happen. That's an interesting slant. You, you,
1: I mean, personally, you know, I've only met you one time. We had a very brief exchange, Mm -hmm. but how you're talking really is so inclusive and so soothing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm glad you say that because I think that I use swear words far too often. I like to joke that I'm kind of the I'm, – I'm kind of like if, if Eckhart Tolle and, uh, and and Henry Robbins had a baby, that's kind of me. Because <laughs> um, I tell way too many stories and I have way too many swear words sometimes. Um, but
1: uh, <laughs> Well, see, I find you to be soothing on the soul. I I feel that you have room. I like to say that since I've – uh, participated and, and practiced tantra, which has been since '96. Since that time, I feel that I have room in myself for everything. I mean, I have room for the, I have room for all of it in me, whether I want to do it all or not. Participate in in each thing or not is different, but I have room to check out the terrorist in me. Yeah, I I have room to to look at the bitch. I have room to look at the part that's been really angry, and as, as well, I have room to look at the part that so wants to be loved and nurtured. All the, you know, the other sides of that. So, to me, when I speak to you, I you feel like somebody who has even more room for things that I never even heard of.
0: You know, like it's interesting because I, I my own my own belief on this stuff, and by this I mean the world. The universe, this amazing playground that is being recreated every single day with every breath we take, right, is is an amazing blessing. And I think there are blessings wrapped in ridiculous packages, <laughs> right? <They're, laughs> uh, one of the things so, you asked in your, in your introduction is, well, how can you have been a female adult film per- performer and been a guy and be a guy, right? Right, and like how is that
1: possible? How is that? That's I read that in your bio, and I just went, okay, Lee Harrington. He does this. He does this. He's been traveling. He writes. He's an he's an award winning author. Oh, I didn't mention that you have a book, <laughs> Sacred Kink. The I've got old- actually
0: five or six books out there now, but Sacred <laughs> Kink is the newest one. Exactly. And so, so,
1: so how could you have been a female adult film performer
0: when I was born? My birth name was Bridget Louise Ashley Haregi Harrington.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: I was, um, and born to two amazing and beautiful parents who had their own conflicts and their own journeys on this planet and who are still around doing their own thing. And I, over, when I was a child, when I was up to about 12 years old, I was what would be considered genderqueer. I was gendered, I was this kid who did stuff with their bodies and with their life and with their brain, but I never really thought about sex or gender. And then puberty hit like a brick, a ton of bricks. And I went, this is wrong. This body isn't right. I went from being a flat chested, chubby, weird little kid who did math and did magic and did and and talked with frogs and had friends that were boys and girls and all of this stuff. To being a 38D at the age of 13. Oh. Yeah.
1: That would alter anybody's life. That's enough to
0: make you want to be suspended on hooks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you say that. You say that, but in a way, it wasn't about wanting to have an extreme physical practice. Right. It was about wanting to be able to look in the mirror and go, oh, right. I want to be comfortable with that. And I think everyone has that practice. When it ha- when it's related to our gender, it's often referred to as being transgender or transsexual. Right. But I think every single person I've met on this planet has had a day where they look in the mirror and go, "That doesn't work. That's not me." But for most people, that that feeling passes after 15 minutes. Mine lasted for you know 16 years. So and you- in that time period, I went to therapists and I went to uh, and I talked with people and I hit a point where I went, "You know what?" I'll never have the body of my dreams. I'll never have the, the life of my dreams. I might as well just embrace what I have in front of me. And I decided to become a girl, a girly girl, a woman girl, a creature girl, a creature woman, right? Yeah. And I dived into my sexuality as a woman. I dived into my sexuality and my womanhood as a priestess within Wicca and within, um, within other um, spiritual paths as well. Right, I dived into my goddesshood, and within that, I started to go. Oh, well, I can embrace this, but also embrace my inner God. I can become two spirit. Is, is one of the terms in various Native practices on the land that we're that I'm dancing on right now. Uh, is that idea of having two, two spirits that I am male and female? This is well, very we old. all are. We're all exactly. male, and female. Exactly. So I started working with that path. And I then realized, a, a number of years later, like this was spread over over a decade, right? Yeah. I started going, well, at the end of the day, I live on this planet and this plane, and in, in this society and culture. And this society and culture saw me as being a 38 devil D at this point, right? And, yeah. at this, and by this point, I decided, well, if I'm exploring my sexuality... Let's have fun with it and let's make money with it. And I chose of my own free will to engage as an adult film performer because I had friends who were working in the industry and they were doing it from a place of heart and a place of love and a place of bliss and a place of joy. And I went, well, I'm not a crazy, strung out, druggy sex worker, but I could be a sex worker if I'm doing it from love. I could follow that path for a while. So I tried it out for one video shoot. And I had a good time with it and I went, well, how about I do this on the weekends? How about I make an extra video three days or do a a photo shoot with a friend three days a month? And then the world brought me a weird gift and the weird gift that I was in was that I was in a car accident and I couldn't work a nine to five job as a database administrator anymore.
1: Wait a second. You mean you? Okay, wait, wait, wait. So you were a database administrator making shooting porn or adult. Yeah. Two, three days a month with friends or with video with companies that were making these kind of things. And then you were in a car accident. Yeah. And so I. Read- the car accident like is a like kind of a sign from above that you something needed to shift.
0: Or a sign from within my own self. If we're working from the, from the perspective right, of this, right. draw stuff into ourselves, I was unhappy having to, to obfuscate my heart every day because I was having to lie about the fact that I believed in more than one form of God at the right. office. I was having to lie about the fact that I had more than one partner at the office. I was having to hide myself and my pure beauty and my pure joy and so whether we think of it as God came in and went, "Oh, you're not happy here!" Have a ridiculous, pre- have a ridiculous present, right? <laughs> I was bitter and angry for about three months as I was trying to cope with for three to six months somewhere in there, because I was trying to cope with the fact that, oh my God, I have to try how am I going to recover from this physically? How am I going to go back to my job? I'm unhappy at my job, How am I going to do this?" And I went, "You know what? I crunched to the numbers, and I went, I'm going to become a full-time adult film performer. Let's see what happens. And you know what? If it doesn't work, I can go back to being a database administrator. I can go back to being a donations coordinator. I can go back to working in nonprofit organizations again if I'm called to. And you know what? I still might do that in 10 years because I still have those skills. Well, you know what? I'm to take an alternative path for five five minutes and see what happens.
1: So – I I must say, you and I both know that once you cross certain thresholds, I'll just speak for myself, once I've crossed certain thresholds in my life, I don't tend to go back. I don't want to go back. Today I'm speaking with Lee Harrington, who is a published author who has five or six books. The latest one is Sacred Kink, The Eightfold Paths of BDSM and Beyond. And we were talking before about when Lee, as a female persona, was performing in adult films and then there was a car accident and this is a most amazing story. So, Lee, what happened? So you were in a car accident, you felt bad for three months and then what happened? What kind of an aha did you have?
0: Well, around the same time, my husband at the time, I, I was married to an amazing man and who I still love and adore, a fantastic human being. And he basically said to me, well, because he at the time was going back to school um, for massage therapy. And he said, well, I'm following my dreams. Why don't you? And I went, I don't know what my dreams are. And so I started thinking about it And I went, well, my dreams involve that I want to travel. And I want to have good quality people in my life. And I want to be able to actually affect change on this planet. And I want to be able to connect from the heart. And I went, well, uh, what can I do in this work? And I went, well, if I start traveling with my stuff as a sexual, sexuality performer – I can be able to go and start teaching. And so I started doing teaching of basic sex ed classes, right? And started doing classes at BDSM conferences that I was going to and kinky sex conferences that I was having fun with where I started talking about how to do hands-on rope bondage. And, but what I was doing was I, was I was being sneaky, right? I was being a spiritual ninja. Because <laughs> what I was doing is while I was teaching classes on how do you tie rope bondage on your lover, I was saying, And for a moment, when you grab that rope, hold on to their heart right there at their heart chakra and look in their eyes. And I started realizing, okay, wait a second. I can keep doing this and I can keep sneaking in philosophy. I can keep waking up the world a little bit at a time. And the more I did this, the more I realized this is actually where I need to go. And so I started after, you know, this was five, six years into doing adult film work, I started going, um, and by this point, I was doing other, other, you know, various side projects. I started writing anthology entries. I started doing poetry. I'd been keeping an online sexuality blog since 1998, and it's still going. Um, and that's currently over at passionandsoul.com, which is my website. It's just, it's, it's reiterated and transformed over the years.
1: And well, it's wonderful. I, it has been. Wait, I want to say something about that. Yeah. That's funny. where. That's where I went to find more about you, passion and soul. Dot com And I saw a little video vignettes, you speaking about various subjects. Some of them are free and some of them one has to join for. But if anyone is listening and really gets a passion about what we're saying here, which is that other pr- practices outside of what's called the norm are, could be part of your spiritual path, whoever you are going to Lee's blog, would be a place to go to start to get comfortable with the notion that what you're saying you could be involved with rope bondage and look in somebody's eye and put your hand on their heart and change their world.
0: Or we could even talk if people are interest, not interested in that at all. I actually have a section on there, uh, a little section of my writing called Edible, Edible Alchemy, which is about my thoughts on food and philosophy. And I have a section there called P, I have a section in there called. Um, sutras of soul which are completely not related to sexuality at all they're about uh, things like the fact that we are uh, we are complex ecosystems of our heart and it's uh, sutras of soul is where i'm basically writing stuff for the oprah audience right (laughs) so that's great it's great yeah because my belief is these messages the notion that kink can be sacred that message transposes across food, across relationships, across how we operate in the workplace, um, relates to our politics, relates to our relationships with our biological families. right? These notions are not in and of them themselves, and that's what I started realizing when I was working in the adult film industry. I was realizing that I was coming to it from this place of, oh, where well, I'm just going to come in and do some work and then leave. But the reality is I'm an integrated individual, which means that my work in the office, whether that office is sitting at home writing a book, whether that's me now helping people create their own websites to communicate and, and doing still doing a database administration and creating, I still do that stuff. I did go back to that path for a period of time. I do wow contract projects on occasion, helping people build their websites. And I still do life coaching. These things still keep coming through. The skills I learned doing uh, grant writing, I still use. I don't think these things leave us. I think that our past lives, whether that's from a physical other life where I remember back in the 1940s being obsessed with Addis, you know, Aldous Huxley, I remember that, right? But I also remember from when I was a six-year-old, and I remember being the kid that built little tiny forts out of sticks and twigs, and I am still that child. Right, right. I am still the woman from the 1940s. I am still the, the amazing man who fell in love and lost his husband because his husband realized that he was straight. I am still the passionate woman who was a priestess for the Temple of Atonement and used to help people purge their heart and soul so they could enter the goddess's light with joy on their heart. I am still all of these things, even if I am now a traveling-around university academic lecturing on the notion of altered states of consciousness to Psychology 101 students.
1: And you're also in a male form now.
0: I am in the form that I am in. Right. If you met me on the street, if you met me on the street, you'd go, wow, that's some weird hippie dude. (laughs) I've got a long mohawk and big earplugs, and you'd think he's probably some body mod guy. I wear big flowy pants or tight blue jeans with message T-shirts about how Ganesh loves you. Right? Like I'm kind of eco-hippie. Or other days, I'm dressed in full leathers and a mirror cap. In my full cover, standing there resplendent as a leather master, and in other days, I'm there in a three-piece suit, having very academic conversations. Just like many people at home listening probably have days where they're in their yoga clothes, and other days where they're in their power suits, and other days where they're dressed up in naughty lingerie to have fun in the bedroom. It's the same thing, right? I am yes, still all of is. these. It is. It's the same thing. You are all. You're
1: multi dimensional and we all are multi-dimensional exactly I want to ask you though I want to ask you some questions so other people can like connect in this yeah I mean you do sound listen you do sound larger than life
0: (laughs) which is funny because like if anybody goes to my journal like yesterday I talked about the fact that I you know like two days ago I talked about the fact that I realized that I don't ask for my wants and my needs enough because I don't know what they are. And therefore (laughs) I've been unable to follow through. Like I recently ended a really amazing three year relationship with somebody who is still, an amazing friend and is st- like I purposefully ended and we, we ended the relationship together because we realized we want to be able to stay friends and we want to be yeah. able to stay spiritual challengers for each other. She's an amazing devotee of the Secret and of samurai practices of the heart. And so she basically calls me on my stuff and says, you know, what are you doing? You're not coming from a place of authenticity. Why are you putting your blinders on? You're drawing the wrong stuff into your life. You keep on wishing for things you don't actually want. What the hell? And I basically say, you know, you need to really listen to the God within you. You have the possibility of changing the world. And you need to listen to the gods that are around you, too, whether those are non-corporeal spirits and the gods of, that are playing on other planes from us or whether that is talking to the god that is the, your best friend who is talking to you and acting as an oracle. And so, like, I just ranted the other day about the fact that, oh my God, I didn't listen to my ex girlfriend. What the hell? I'm totally blind to the world. Blah! Blah! (laughs) Well, I'm saying, listen,
1: this is what I'm saying, (laughs) though, about you. I, you know, and and you actually just answered it without my asking the question, which was for people who want to explore what we call out of the ordinary, because certainly one thing you are not is ordinary. Even the, even in your database management stuff, you're not ordinary. You're not an ordinary folk. You're not an ordinary character. So people who feel, you know, stifled but have a kink streak or have curiosity or have fetishism but they've never tried and who really are on a spiritual path or want to be on a spiritual path and make what would have been called their perversion into a spiritual practice, What's the first thing they should do? Because we, we just really only have a few moments left. What should they do? Where should they turn?
0: Uh, if you go to my website, I, um, passionandsoul.com, I have a, um, a section on there that is uh, it's basically um, my shopping section. But you don't have to buy books for me. I don't care about that. But go to the shopping section, and I have a section called Sacred Kink Resources. And it's just a Rambling long giant list of all of the other books that I found out there on on integrated spirituality and sexuality and all of that stuff from you know completely Christian perspectives to completely pagan perspectives to completely non denominational perspectives like the work that's being done out on Maui uh, by the folks who wrote Intellectual Foreplay. So there's those kinds of stuff that I would say if you're a reader, if you are a person of the flesh, I would listen to your masturbations. Enjoy yourself, whether that is enjoying yourself with your partner or enjoying yourself by yourself, lighting candles, spending time with yourself, and in that moment of sexual bliss, listen to your heart. Listen to your higher self and see what it has to say because it has the answers. Even if it doesn't know the next physical step, it knows the next heart step. And if you know the next heart step, Suddenly you have a flashlight for looking around in the darkness. And that's huge. Taking a moment to listen to
1: your own wisdom, do it. Lee, that is brilliant. That is so brilliant. I thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, you're amazing. You are so amazing. Uh, so much energy. Love, love, love.
0: Shanti, shanti. <laughs>
1: shanti, shanti to you.